Hey everyone, my name is Mohamed Asadullah, and I'm your host for Freelance Canada, a show about what it's really like to freelance in Canada. Each week, I interview Canadian freelancers and industry experts as they get candid about the ever-challenging, always exciting, and sometimes hilarious aspects of freelancing. On the show today, I'm going to talk to Renee Sylvester-Williams. Renee is a finance and culture writer who got interested in the topic of money when she bought her home and realized she no longer had a disposable income. Having worked as a journalist for more than 10 years, Renee has covered what it's like to rebuild a heart, women in mining, B Corps, and why women need to invest in women entrepreneurs. Her work has been published in The Globe and Mail, Flair, Money Sense, The Toronto Star, and Forbes. In this episode, Renee and I talk about how Canadian freelancers can better protect themselves by getting insurance coverage that's right for them. So let's get to it. Maybe we can actually take a few minutes to get a better understanding of your freelancing experience. Like, when did you get freelances? What made you decide to become a freelancer? And I suppose, like, how long it's been since you've been freelancing? August of 2020 will be my 10-year anniversary of seriously freelancing. Yeah, I started August 2010 because I got laid off from Yahoo. Uh, I was the senior lifestyle editor there and I got laid off. I was part of a whole bunch of layoffs that happened. And I remember I had put out a post on Facebook explaining what had happened. You know, I got laid off, et cetera, et cetera. If you hear anything, please let me know. And then a friend of mine, Liz, reached out to me and she said, hey, I'm paraphrasing. Hey, do you want to write about personal finance for this website called Wallapop, which was part of AOL? I said, sure, why not? Because it was money and I was, I was going to get paid. And I started writing for her. And from there, somebody else at Huffington Post reached out and said, hey, we just lost our autos editor and we just need somebody who can take sort of the US content, Canadianize the numbers, so like miles to kilometers and all that, and just transfer over photo galleries and we'll pay you for that. Just give us what your daily rate is. So I had those two jobs and they were pretty good and I was getting EI and I was focusing on looking for a full-time job. Another incident that stood out to me was a friend of mine, Steve Tustin, and we had met when we were I was at the Toronto Star. He reached out to me on Facebook and said, uh, how come you haven't reached out to me? So I was feeling a little more confident in, my, in myself. So I said, well, your last name begins with T and I haven't reached that far down the alphabet yet. <laughs> and he said, well, how do you feel about branded content? And I said, well, will I get paid? He goes, yeah, you'll get paid. I said, yeah, then I'm fine with that. And that's how I started doing a lot of branded content for the Globe Content Studios and how I got into branded and native and sponsored content really early. From there, it's, you know, it's been 10 years. I have not freelanced full-time for the full 10 years. I have taken jobs and taken contracts. I've got laid off a couple times, some contracts, and then some contracts I just said, nope, and just walked away from it. But it's been a very interesting decade. Jeez, Paul, congrats on a decade of freelancing, or should I say seriously freelancing? I think I should probably just change the name of the podcast to that. (laughs) But um, it's interesting that a few things you've mentioned, specifically laying off, I I feel that works so well given our topic of discretion, which is insurance. Because for most people, at least those who are full-time employed, we receive insurance from our employer. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, for freelancing, most of us don't even know where to start you know, on our journey to get insurance. For example, me, I'm very 
privileged in the sense that my partner has a full-time job. And as a result, I'm able to be on her insurance package or premium. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I've always wondered what happens when I don't have a partner who has insurance and I need to go get insurance as a self-employed professional candidate. Maybe we can even start to understand first what types of insurance exist. Okay, well, first, we've got universal health care. I love me my OHIP. I will cut anyone that suggests that we get rid of universal health care. Like, I will be, like, first in line. Like, I will cut you. I love me my OHIP. It could be better. I mean, I wish they hadn't delisted eye exams because I wear glasses. But you know what? Love me some OHIP. Don't ever take it away from me. And apart from that, the only non-work insurance that I carry is disability insurance and critical illness insurance. So what those both do is if I am disabled, I'm in an accident, or I become critically ill, they will cover my bills for a set period of time. Now, I don't, because knock wood, I am healthy, relatively healthy. I don't carry any other form of health insurance at this point in time. So I don't need to cover, I don't need to have a regular prescription or anything like that. So I can pay out of pocket. What I do try to do is I have a little fund where I put a bit of money every month or I put like 500 bucks a year or something like that. That will cover just in case I need like antibiotics or something. In terms of dental, I also don't carry dental insurance because I've got good teeth. At the most, I think I pay, if you consider cleaning x-rays once a year which doesn't cost that much and cleaning twice a year i'm paying 400 dollars for the year yeah which isn't bad and i've been going to my dentist forever what's really nice about it and you can ask for this this is one my one piece of advice if you don't have insurance tell your dentist tell your service provider and my dentist knocks off like 10 percent oh A couple of my freelancer friends say they do that as well. He knocks off uh, 10%. And what's really nice about him is, you know, he will say, okay, well, you need to get this done. Like I grind my teeth. So I, I pay to get a mouth guard. I mean, I could go to the drugstore and get one, but I get a mouth guard. And that's about $400. And he'll let me know. And then I can do that. And I can budget for that and pay for it. First, like the discount thing is amazing because that is such a thing that I would totally do and tell people to do. But to hear somebody else tell me that you can get a discount from your dentist is awesome. The second thing that I'm a little frustrated is that mouth cards are so expensive and I get that that's a separate tangent. Mm-hmm. But I find it interesting that you're spending about $400 on dental care. So if I just do a quick math here on my laptop, 400 divided by 12, so about $33 per month you're setting aside. That's for dental. So I, I slap in about 500 bucks. Per month? No, 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 oh. for the year. Oh, okay, okay, you're setting dental aside. For okay. the year. Setting aside. Now, if we're talking about eyes, that's a whole different story. <laughs> I wear glasses. My eyesight is not great. It's not terrible, but it's not great. So every couple of years, um, I go in for an eye exam. So the place that I go to, they do like, they are a little expensive, but they do the full whole hog. They do, they, they do pressure tests and everything. And that's about $230. Whoa, where are you going? $230. <laughs> I won't name names. Yeah. <laughs> they are a little expensive, yes. but I know. I am looking for another provider because there's a, I mean, granted, there is a huge difference between going to somebody who tests, who checks your eyes for 60 bucks and then what they did. Right, right. Yes. That's something I totally agree with that when people go for the eye exam, I really think they should go for the full eye exam, not just like, hey, can you read this? 
and here's your prescription, but more yeah. so like looking at your peripherals, see if you have any cataract. I think it's called cataract. Uh, in your it's own, cataract, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So essentially going through that because it really helps you understand. And for me being a visual person, like I value, I mean, I value all of my senses, but it would be scary to ever not know, you know, just because you didn't spend another 50 bucks or so, you didn't realize that there was something developing that you could have prevented. Exactly. And then there are other diseases that can affect your eyesight, like diabetes. And then, you know, there's glaucoma. I'm not saying I have all of those. I don't. But I'm just saying it's always good to be preventative. So it's about 230. So was it expensive? Yes. Yes. Would I do it every single year? No. Did I mind paying the money? I was a little shocked (laughs) at the price of it. But I like, okay, fine. It's like the first really like thorough test I've had in a while. I mean, I get my eyes checked every couple of years anyway. Yeah. But I didn't mind it as much, but that's not something that I want to pay out of pocket every single year. Exactly. Right. And then on top of that, last year I had contacts because I needed uh, baby progressives and contacts are expensive. So last year, and last year was an outlier, I spent, if I had to total up everything from my vision, and I got a new pair of glasses, I spent about $2,000, which was something I had not planned for, but I had the money. But on the positive side, I, I rolled all of that up in taxes because I did actually need them. Sorry, you said rolled them up into taxes? Yeah, I um, I got the receipts and I put them towards my taxes as, a dedu- as medical deductions. Got it. So that's great too, because a lot of people don't know that they can write up some of these items or I guess most of these items as deductions? Well, it's a percentage. So I'm obviously not an accountant. So anybody who's listening to this, please talk to your financial advisor or your accountant. But it has to be a certain percentage of your yearly earnings. I don't know off the top of my head. This is why I have an accountant who I love dearly and I pay her to do this for me. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'm just like, here's all my bills and all that stuff. And like last, so when I did my 2018 taxes, (laughs) That year I had gone to Bali. I took part in a, a trip for Intrepid Travel. They were looking to kind of renew their marketing uh, materials. Mm-hmm. So I got a trip and then they've used my image everywhere and all that. It was very fun. Loved that trip. It was great. But I also had to get, I chose to get a lot of vaccines, a lot of vaccines. I think the only vaccine I didn't get was rabies, right? And that cost me because I went to a travel clinic I didn't go to my doctor I went to a travel clinic because it was an extremely short turnaround time and I knew they would have everything Mm -hmm. and you pay for everything at the travel clinic I think the only thing I didn't get at the travel clinic was the flu shot because the travel clinic was going to charge me $45 going to shoppers with my health card cost me nothing right but I spent about a thousand dollars in vaccines vaccines anti-diarrhea medication nausea medication that was over the counter. So yeah, all those things I gave to my accountant and I'm like, well, it's medical. I needed it. And to be honest, I've never asked her if she successfully wrote them off, but you know, try. <laughs> you can try. I, I guess I was also thinking in my head, it's like, well, technically that travel was for work and it, because it's for work, shouldn't you be able to like write off uh, work-related expenses? Well, I also write some travel. Mm-hmm. So I do have a history. This isn't a case of me trying to sneak it in under the radar. Right, right. I can show, oh, look, I have written articles for various travel publications. So. Yes, yes. I was in no way insinuating. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. I know that. I know that. It's it's cool. (laughs) 
clearly, you know, preventative healthcare can be expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, $2,000 for looking after your eyes, about $500 per year for dental. I get the $2,000 was a result of lenses, contact lenses, getting glasses, eye exam, all. But nonetheless, something you mentioned about checking your eyes every two years. So that, that is typically uh, what opticians and what's the other one? Optometrists. Optometrists. Yes. Yeah. They recommend that you should get your eyes tested every two years. The one that I go to, which is on uh, King and Dufferin, uh, they charge me about 130 150 there. That's really good. Yes. And do you get all the machines? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they like put all these like dyes in my eyes as well and make sure everything's working well. Uh, and they kind of like break everything down, uh, which uh-huh. I, I think is good. I think the scary thing is just always that when they're checking, I guess, your... I don't know if it's your reflexes or your, oh, it's the pressure. It's the pressure when they like the air comes out really quickly. And yes, it's just kind of scary for that second. You're just like, am I going to like what's going to happen? But uh, so yeah, they do the whole thing. And my optometrist, she's awesome. So just putting that out there for you. The other thing that I also wanted to understand is that for glasses, did you go to uh, I guess like a uh, fancy eyewear store? Or did you go to Warby Parker? I go to a guy called Joe and he owns the Optic Zone. So he's down at Front and Lower Jarvis. And I love going there because he has the best frames. The best frames. I've always been of the, if I'm going to wear glasses, they are going to be amazing glasses. Right. So, and he's the guy, when I first went there, I went there because I went with a friend who had been going there. When it was my turn to get frames, I was looking at just regular black frames. And he's like, no. And he pulled out this really cool blue and green crosshatch frames, which I wore for a couple of years. And then my next frames were tortoiseshell frames with these big crystals on them, mm. crystals on the side. And now I'm wearing purple frames with gold arms. So I do spend money on <laughs> frames, but again, I'm also wearing them seven days a week. So like cost per wear on my glasses is like, yeah. And then when I get my lenses, my lenses are not necessarily as expensive as my frames, but like, I think the pair of glasses that I'm currently wearing, which are the purple and gold mm-hmm. ones, ran me about 600 Okay, for everything. Right. You mentioned you get progressive, so that plus the uh, frame itself about 600 bucks. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I get high density, high index yeah. lenses, all those things. All the fancies upgrades. All the fancies. <laughs> Sounds good. So we've got actually a quite a good breakdown of things that you're paying for, how much you're paying for, and also what type of insurance you have, because you mentioned you have disability mm-hmm. and critical illness. I guess mm-hmm. I'm curious to understand is that when other Canadian freelancers are thinking about hey, I should get insurance coverage now that I'm freelancing. And most of us probably don't even think about it right off the bat. But then as you start doing it and something happens, you get a flu and you're like, oh, should I get insurance? Yeah. What suggestions or how would you even recommend someone consider getting insurance and what type of insurance they should think about getting, maybe in terms of order of priority that you believe would make sense? I don't think there's a specific priority list that everybody needs to follow. For example, I don't have children, so I don't have life insurance. I don't need to leave anything to anyone. 
so that's why I have disability and critical illness insurance, right? Because I need to look after me in this situation. And obviously I put money away for retirement. Now, for example, like I don't have dental insurance, but say for example, you know, you've got a family and you know you may not have insurance or you know you and your partner may not have insurance because you're both running businesses whatever the situation let's just say you don't have employer insurance what you can do in that situation if the cost of the premiums is lower than what you would pay out of pocket for dental insurance or prescriptions then it makes sense to have to consider getting health and dental insurance if that makes sense so you have to look at the pros and cons like how much money are you paying out and then when you get insurance what you need to do is make sure that insurance covers what you actually need and how much of it it covers got it and for your disability and critical illness insurances, did you just Google it and you went with the first website that looked nice or? <laughs> no, there are multiple sites that you can go in there and then you can type in, I'm looking for health insurance, I'm looking for dental insurance, and they'll do a comparison after they ask you a bunch of questions. But what I did is, again, and this is why it's always good to have sort of a team of people you can trust is my financial advisor slash accountant shannon lee simmons shout out hey girl love you she's amazing i said hey i am looking for this and she's like okay these are the two people that i send everyone to she goes i don't get any kickbacks i trust them and i work with this guy called david and i told david look this is my situation this is what i'm looking for and he brought back options for disability and critical illness and I remember we were meeting at a Starbucks on University Avenue in Toronto. He's like, okay, so this is what I have. We're talking about critical illness. And obviously, like the name suggests, critical illness is pretty much any critical illness. And we were talking about it. And he was like, okay, well, this is what the cost is. And then he goes, okay, but for a few dollars more, you can be covered for, I don't know how many diseases he said, but it was it was a shockingly high number, like 20 something diseases. Hmm. So I think I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but my disability and my critical illness together cost me about $160 a month in premiums. But I'm pretty solidly covered. Right. I obviously don't have my documents in front of me, so I can't tell you exactly <laughs> what I'm covered for, but I'm pretty confident in the coverage that I have. So typically when people are like, I'm going to get insurance and they get insurance, there could be times where there are things like uh, you have to wait, I guess, like 90 days or even a year sometimes to like claim certain things. Or if you have mm -hmm. previous conditions, then you can't qualify or or at least maybe I'm influenced by the TV shows I watch that are mostly U.S. based. But in yeah. Canada, what has been your experience so far with that? It depends. Like, for example, most people can get insurance now. That being said, what is happening is the demand for convenience is changing to an extent the kind of insurance that you can get. So what happens is if you want insurance under a certain amount, you don't have to take you don't have to take a medical exam. Right. If you are of a certain age and you want insurance over a certain amount, they would ask you to take a medical exam. But what's been happening is people are like, I don't have time to take a medical exam. I don't want to take it. I don't have time. I'm doing things. And more and more people are choosing to do that. And what happens is you can get insurance. You don't need a medical exam to get insurance. Now, in some cases, you might be paying a higher premium. 
because they look at you know the various charts and risk charts and be like okay this 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 here's what your premium is but you can still get coverage even if you've got um previous conditions got it and again i'm generalizing so obviously talk to david <laughs> yeah talk to david talk to your insurance guy your insurance person and all that stuff but most people can get insurance i mean it all depends on what kind of premiums you want to pay and what kind of coverage that get, you get with that got it Mm-hmm. I'm clearly learning quite a bit here because this is a topic that I've always thought about, but uh, never fully, I guess, wrapped my head, head around. So this has been good learning for me. I suppose it's also worth asking who shouldn't get insurance coverage or is there someone where it doesn't make sense to not get insurance coverage? You know what? That's a very good question. And I've never actually thought about that. I think everybody needs insurance of some kind if we're talking about medical insurance, because, you know, life happens, right? And I mean, you can get no medical, it's called like no medical life insurance as well, like we're just talking life insurance, right? And that, you know, like the name says, it is life insurance you can get without having to go through a medical exam. So for example, if you do have a pre-existing medical condition, you can get it. Now, I can go into like the different types, but there is something called no medical life insurance. So if you have a pre-existing condition, it is something that somebody can look into. That's actually quite helpful to keep in mind. Interesting. So I suppose... I feel so privileged to live, at least in Ontario, where we have our OHIP, and should something go wrong, I can go into the doctor and be able to get myself checked out. But clearly, as you've also outlined, is that something like disability and critical illness, those things aren't covered by OHIP. No. Uh, And should something happen to you, especially in times of COVID, where a lot of uncertainty exists, that kind of insurance can protect you. Yes, you're paying a bit per month, but that you're essentially paying for your protection. Yeah. So what it is, is basically kind of give you payments to let you focus on getting better. And is it like a hundred percent of what you were making in the last three months or 12 months? Is is the structure something like that? Or is it just like, we're going to give you a fixed fee Or we're going to give you back $160 each month. Well, it depends. Like, for example, most insurance plans have a cap on the benefits anyway. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on what your plan lays out. If you're willing to kind of pay for that. And just to actually uh, go back to a question I was trying to understand earlier is that with your disability and critical illness, there weren't any conditions to be like, hey, you cannot claim something in like 12 months so like you cannot get critically ill uh in 12 months because we have to get paid for a year before we can you know cover you back kind of thing i don't remember if that was the case okay again that's something to check check the policy before you sign for it and i got i know i'm putting a lot of caveats here but i am not an insurance expert and everybody's insurance policy should be tailored to their needs do you remember David's last name? I feel like we should we should bring in David. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me look up David's last name. Lipkus. L-I-P-K-U-S. David Lipkus. L-I-P-K-U-S? Yes. I'll, I'll look him up and reach out to him because that would be actually pretty cool to chat with somebody who can like give us even 
more thorough breakdown because I I think the amount of detail you've gone into is amazing. Oh, thank uh, you. Even having or providing people the benchmark as to what they can expect in terms of dental or eye exam costs or even something as like I like Warby Parker. I like you know not all their frames are amazing, but the few frames that I do find they're uh, 150 bucks and that's just kind of it, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is super awesome. Exactly. Like, I like Warby. I, I know we're a little off the record here, so cut this. Um, I like Warby Parker's ethos. I just don't really like their glasses. Yes. I find the glasses a little plain for me. Like, for example, like, actually, I needed a pair of computer glasses. Mm. So more close-up reading. And I had an old, an old pair of frames, which were still in good shape. And I took those frames in and I said, okay, put the lenses in here. Because I knew I wasn't going to wear them. They weren't my primary pair of glasses. Right. And they weren't really going to leave the house. I would use Warby Parker in that way, but I, for the glasses that are on my face and I get photographed in and all that stuff, <laughs> I want glamorous frames. Right. <laughs> I'm wearing purple and gold glasses. Oh, is that what you're wearing right now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's the photo that you sent me. Is that the one with gold and purple? Did you send me a photo? Actually, I should I probably. I don't know. Um, I don't think I sent you a photo. A lot of my portfolio photos tend to be without glasses. Ah. Just because, um, again, because of my prescription, depending on how it's angled, my eyes look very small. Just like eye socket area looks, it, it looks weird. Just it's just because of the parabola of the um, parabola of the lens. <laughs> so I'm just like, here's me without glasses. Got it. Okay. Well, maybe we could just get a photo of the glasses afterwards uh, when yeah. we get a chance, and we can include that. Oh, absolutely. I will totally send you a picture. I will send you a picture of these glasses. Yeah. Okay. Uh, wait, actually, you know what? I- I'm very curious. How many glasses do you have in total? I only have two pairs. Oh, okay. Three if you consider prescription sunglasses. Prescription sunglasses. Oh, okay. Are, are yeah. they also glamorous? They are a pair of Miu Miu sunglasses. Yes. Awesome. Okay. I- I'm very curious to see these photos. What I would like to understand is that for people that are interested in getting insurance and to protect themselves, uh, whether it's getting dental and eye or just focusing specifically on disability and critical illness, I don't want to use the word hacks, but maybe Mm. like what tactics or what sort of, like I am a person who is always on the lookout for the best bang for your buck. Like how can I get value Mm -hmm. out of everything I do? Uh, and sometimes that includes, you know, going onto Ebates first before I go to the store that I want to buy something or using like cashbacks on my credit cards. What sort of suggestions or tips do you have for people that are looking to get insurance and how they can maximize on that? Okay, well, a couple of things I would suggest is always comparison shop. Always comparison shop. There are multiple really good insurance providers out there that are offering fundamentally the same kind of insurance coverage depending on what you're looking at and always comparison shop to make sure that you're actually fully covered like don't go for the cheapest option just because it's the cheapest option and then you know you realize you're not covered for what you actually need third you know now you could always consider like bundling all your insurance with one insurance company and see if you'll get a discount that way Four, I would also suggest going through your alumni or any professional associations that you may you may be involved with. They aren't necessarily the cheapest, but it's something to look at. You might be able to get a, an, a professional or an associate discount. 
And then five, what I talked about sort of at the beginning of this podcast is, you know what, you know, ask for discounts, like, if, especially if you don't have insurance, say, listen, I don't have insurance, I am paying for this out of pocket, right? You know, if I pay cash or whip out my debit card right here, do you have a discount? Right. And don't feel I, and I want people to realize this. Yes, it can feel awkward to ask for a discount. But ask for the discount, you would be surprised at how many people will be like, yeah, okay, I'll knock off 10%. Yes. My approach for uh, asking for discounts. So a lot of people is like, hey, do you have a discount? Where for me, I'd be like, hey, uh, what discounts do you have? Or what promotions mm-hmm. are going on? Because this way, it's never like, hey, do you have discounts? Yes, no. It's always like, what discounts do you have? Or what promotions do you have running that I can take advantage of? And at that point, they have to think. And then it's like, oh, no, we don't have any promotions running. Or actually, yeah, we have this discount available. Or I'll be happy to provide you the discount this way. Yeah, exactly. Um, or, and this is just general shopping tip for everybody. <laughs> you know, sometimes we'd be like, listen, can I get 10% off if I pay in cash? Right, right. Now, this may or may not work because a lot of places are going cashless, but it certainly doesn't hurt to ask, especially I would say small businesses because they understand what it's like to be a small business. If you're freelancing, you are a small business. Yes. I like that you have like five points broken down and I <laughs> wrote them all down, even though we're recording all of this. So I was going to ask for advice you had from freelance, Canadian freelancers, uh, but it seems like this was the advice slash tips. Uh, so that's great. Uh, we've sort of covered that all well. I would be interested to learn where can people find out more about you and your work that you're doing? Oh, well, I am everywhere on the internet. In all honesty, <laughs> if people are looking to find me, they can just Google my name. Yeah. I'm the only Renee Sylvester Williams on the planet. No, literally, I'm the only Renee Sylvester Williams on the planet. Like with the spelling, I'm the only one. I don't know where to go for me other than to just wrap up because like I'm super excited by all of the content we have and all the questions we've gotten into. Thank you. Well, that's our show for today. If you like Freelance Canada, then be sure to subscribe to our newsletter by visiting freelancecanada.fm. You'll get access to all of my personal notes, as well as book recommendations about the topics discussed in the episode. Now, you will not find any of this on our website, so be sure to subscribe if you don't want to miss out. As with most podcasts, you can listen to every episode through Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It would mean a lot if you could leave us a five-star review. It would mean even more if you shared our podcast with another freelancer so it can help them in their journey too. Finally, if you're tired of leaving money on the table because you don't know which of your expenses you can write off, then sign up for Benji. You can start your 90-day free trial by visiting betterwithbenji.com because freelance life is better with Benji. Thanks for listening.